Hey everybody, William here and Sarah. And we just need to let you know that we are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with Remax Results, a good life group. And that's our legal disclaimer. Hey everybody, William here. And today we're talking with John. They do a house swap before it was cool. We talk about haberdasheries, great places to eat, and uh, PTSD. I know, it's interesting. See you soon. Welcome to Life Behind the Highlight Reel, the podcast that takes things beyond the curated life we all see online. Join hosts Sarah and William Huffman as they dive in with their friends to talk about the good and the hard things that come with a real, not perfect, life behind the highlight reel. Hey everybody, William here and... Sarah. And... John Hodnett. Yeah! (laughs) We are pumped to have you on the podcast today, John. Place you stay and get your booty on the floor tonight. It is only 2.40 in the afternoon. I could go for some alcohol right now. (laughs) What are like three to five things you might tell other people about working with like either Will or me or like the team? And then we're going to bring it back. Yeah, and then we'll bring it back. Okay, so I'm going to allow this line of questioning. Questioning. Because I'm a questioner. For the next like two to three minutes, because then you two, I could just leave and the conversation would go on for hours. Yeah. But I've got, I've got an agenda. So, all right. Yeah, that's, that is a good question. Three to five things that I would tell others. Yeah. Um, is this a recruiting piece? Are we just, no, oh, but I was just like, you know, you've been here now six months. So, like, we're, I feel like we're fairly upfront about how yeah. we are and who we are. Yeah. Um, are we I, wrong? No, no. <laughs> no. In fact, I was going to say, get prepared to to reacquaint yourself with yourself mm-hmm. because you don't know who you are. Mm. Um, I I have found myself through you guys. Oh, oh. Well, thank you. I might um, cry on that one. Yeah, yeah. me too. So I'm gonna there's a reason. Back. There's a reason um, we keep Kleenexes around here because we're I, a bunch of babies. Yeah, I mean, I knew there was accountability. I knew mm-hmm. there was you know extensive training. I knew there was like we do real estate this way. This is the real estate portion of it. It would be short. But mm-hmm. we do real estate this way. And I was like, well, I, I've been around it. I know exactly how I was supposed to go. I was the dumbest person on the planet. And Aww. yes. And Don't talk about a friend that way, but I know what you mean. I am better now. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that you are surrounding yourself with are the ones that br- make you better, bring your self out right and in a very short time mm-hmm. i'm shocked at myself too of that mm-hmm. so um you're consistent you are vulnerable you are um honest and loyal giving all the things right that i had heard um didn't need to be proven but yeah um this being in this environment will bring out things in if i'm giving advice um Bring out things that you will need to, you know, answer a call, right? Mm. Mm Because you're being asked to to look inward and say, you have all the tools. We see it in you. Mm -hmm. You want to do it or not? So that's kind of how I wake up every day since I joined here. I I found it really um, cool that you didn't talk a lot about real estate. I heard this wasn't a full-on real estate. No, but I mean, like, your answers, you, you didn't say... They make you pound the phones. They make you work on your scripts, you know, from what I heard. Well, I do, but but what I heard was you work on yourself. Yep. And if you get better, things are shit around you gets better. Mm hmm. To dumb it down for dummy talk. Okay. So say someone was new that was going to join the team Mm -hmm. and you had like two minutes with them and you'd say, okay, this is what you got to be prepared for. Uh, Be prepared. Go ahead. You're not going to hurt our feelings. Oh, dear God, no. Oh. 
Um, be prepared for an environment that is life being lived like outside, out loud. Like nothing is hidden. There's mm-hmm. no like, um, we're going to go have a meeting off here and just talk about things. Then we'll be out and we'll tell you what's going on. You know exactly where everything is, what's going on at the time. Everything's available for you. You just have to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't ask, it's up to you. So it's kind of one of those like big family things where you sit down at a table. Like if you went to your friend's house when you were a kid and it was a big family, like five, seven kids or something, and you didn't ask for the food because it was getting passed around and you didn't get full, it's your fault. I like That's that. a good analogy. I really like that analogy. That's yep. a great way. Yeah. Well, yeah. awesome. That's, that's fantastic. All right, let's bring it back to the year that you were born. God. Yeah. Year, 1961. Huh? All right. So in 19, in the year 1961, yeah. John was born. Where was John born? Youngest of five. Really? Um, yep. We lived, I have four older sisters, three still living. Um, we lived in, I was born in Berwyn, Illinois. My, All right. Where's that about? It's uh, not south side, like, but kind of over where the um, new Comiskey Park is. Oh, Chicago. okay. Oh, so it's it's a burb of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Right. Um, yeah, my dad uh, was always in the menswear business. Uh, during the war, he was stationed in India, weirdly, and he was doing laundry for. So in really? so in the sixties, so that have been the Korean War. No, he would have been World War II, so the very end of World War II when he was young, in his 20s. How old were your parents when you were born? Probably, my dad was probably in his mid-40s, early 40s. Wow, okay, okay. Because you throw the WW2 at me, that threw me off. Yeah, yeah. So he got on the tail end of that. He and his sister were both in it. Um, that's another story. But anyway, so he got into menswear because he had been doing laundry during the war. When he like, got out. like a haberdashery? Yeah. Okay. So he was always interested in clothing, and he got a job, like in, intermittent jobs when he and my mom first got married. And then, um, and then he got hired in uh, Chicago when they moved there. And... Um, Started up with his mentor, a guy named Al Baskin, who um, his two sons went on to create the Mark Shale menswear stores in Chicago, and they, they had one up here in Minneapolis for hmm. a little while. Uh, any, rela- any relation to Carol Baskin's? Not that one. Okay, not that one. Okay, no, I just want to make sure. Not the Tiger King. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was the I was the kid, the only boy, right? And okay. The youngest kid, and uh, we moved probably six, seven times when I was little because my dad would be transferred to a new site, and he took, you know, he was when you say when you saying he was in men's clothing, like yeah. uh, 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 Taylor. Yeah. Um, okay. Taylor Clothing. So there was a, a suit manufacturing company in Cleveland that owned six or seven different chains of menswear stores throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. Small, little mom and pops, but or some bigger ones, too. That was their distribution network. Mm-hmm. So they made the suits, and then they shipped them off to wherever. Kennedy's in Boston, Baskin's in Illinois, um, ultimately Juster's here in Minneapolis is how we ended up here. But we moved around like six or seven times because they moved my dad around there to run these joints yep. and all that. So wow. I was always in some sort of store and in the back room and helping customers and f- helping the little tailors fit things. And so it was just part of life. So do you Is know- that why you're always very well dressed? I'd say it's part of it. 
Um, yeah, I try. I mean, yeah. it, it stuck yeah. with me. That was my a compliment. Dad, my dad, it is a compliment. Yeah. yeah. My dad always was like, you know, when you go outside, you're showing the world who you really are. So pajamas at the airport was not his jam. He hated that type of thing. So did mine. Yeah, yeah. your dad still does. Yeah, yeah he so. drives him nuts if we're not dressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just a big part of my family. Um, two of my sisters worked there and I worked there ultimately um, through high school and out of college and yeah, and so I got to start. Okay, well, we got to back it up. <laughs> you just you just went to college. Yeah. All right, so let's back it up. We're, we're How s- old were you when you moved to Minneapolis? Uh, nine years old. So, could, could, I want the camera to get this face. He's frustrated. They can't see it. They can. No, they can't. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's like, I know. You are beautiful <laughs> in every single way. So, um, <clears throat> you're the youngest of five. Yeah. Um you quickly breezed over like four still around um what's the age gap between you and the the others um i so the one next to me is three um it goes like three to nine three to eight eight years gap so yeah zero three six like yeah nine for my oldest i guess yeah so it's a nine year gap between you and your oldest eldest okay yeah. So my mom was, I mean, she was that. pregnant all the time. Yes. And just, yeah. Needed to sell a lot of clothes. Or, yeah. I mean, that's probably why he wasn't, he was traveling all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. By the time I yeah. came along, the story is kind of funny. So the, by the time I came along, um, my dad had friends in the industry and he had to go to market. He had to go to New York. So mm-hmm. like I was born, I was the fifth kid, finally a boy. He was there the night I was born. He hopped a plane that night and one of his buddies came, a tie salesman came in and sat with my mom and the nurse came in the next morning and she's like, would you like to see her son? And like, I'm not really. In <laughs> yeah. Big I'm not scandal. the dad. Big yeah. Scandalous. yeah. <laughs> that's no. a, that's a, uh, jokes on me. I'm the mailman. I'm the mailman. So dad was like, Hey, cool. Good. You're born. I got to go to New York. Yeah. I'm yeah. Out. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're fine. You're fine. 10 and 10. Good to go. Now did your mom work or was it your dad was the main main guy classic you know beaver cleaver upbringing for people that don't understand that that's like a classic american family you know married for 50 plus years my mom was the homemaker did everything five kids and yeah dad always worked wow yep churching and all the things all the things all the things all right so tell me about a young john is it john or is it jonathan on the birth birth certificate j-o-h-n that's John. john okay john Yep, so no J-O-N, because Jonathan spelled J-O-N. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so. Uh, uh, what elementary school did you go to in Edina? Wait, stop it, Sarah. When we moved here, right, wait. Where, who, no, answer? Who's me. I okay. am definitely thinking I'm in charge of the ship. Okay. So, <laughs> what's like your youngest memory of Chicago? Um... <laughs> Okay, in kindergarten, when they, it was like bring your dad to work, or you know, bring your dad, dad to school, work day yeah. or school day. Yeah, um, I told the teacher that my dad was a fireman, and um, <laughs> she called my mom and she was like, "I think it's so exciting, you know, what your husband does. And we'd love to have him here to talk to the kids." And my mom was like, "Really? What, they're gonna like they're gonna like menswear?" <laughs> so, and then it was like, "Why did you think?" What's wrong with you know what your dad does? And I was like, I don't know. I just thought it'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not even my dad. My dad sells ties. Yeah. So 
you know, telling fibs from an early age. But yeah, the Chicago deal, uh, I do remember we moved from uh, the neighborhood that I remember being, you know, when I first started remembering things, I guess, when you're little, mm -hmm. um, to a suburb called Oak Brook. And now that's like a really posh at the time it was just developing mm -hmm. and all that and um it was a new development my dad designed this this house a red barn house and it was great it was kind of one of these big undulating neighborhoods and stuff and this truck came around in the summertime and fogged for bugs really oh, yeah yeah like really yeah. unhealthy and very, very super toxic. yeah and all yeah. I remember is, as kids, we, we rode bikes through the fog. <laughs> Yay. Isn't this fun and potentially dangerous and potentially cancerous? Yeah. We didn't know it at the time. How many of those kids are still around? Me. Yeah. All I know. Here we go. God. Crushing it. Crushing it. All right. So <laughs> you're riding through poisonous clouds. Right. And the guy in the truck's probably like... Yeah, kids, come on. Yeah, it's cool. I got, you want a cigarette? <laughs> yeah, he's like the most popular non-ice cream guy. Yeah, <laughs> that, that'd be a good right. driver. All right, so so we're we're in Chicago, and do we go to school in Chicago at all, or do we not go to school till we move here? Yeah, um, I don't remember much about that. I just we moved to Boston from Chicago. Oh, okay. Tell me about that. That was kind of the big deal. Um, we became hockey fans, Boston Bruin fans. Um, Are you still a Bruins fan? I am a Bobby Orr okay. fan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were until we moved here, and mm -hmm. it was an Orr Stars. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. As a kid, I was I started playing hockey in Boston. Okay. You can't, and that's how I say Boston. Boston. There's a little bit of that residual mm -hmm. stuff. Both my parents are from Rhode Island. All my relatives are from the East Coast. Oh, wow. Okay. So there was this element of like, pock the car, Boston, you know, depending mm -hmm. upon the dialect that you want on the east coast um we had that and i grew up thinking like everyone's relatives lived h halfway across the country like i had a friend of mine who was you know, like well, we're going over to my uncle's house and i'm like oh that's a big deal he's like no they live just down the street and i'm like no what they can't do that so <laughs> i'm like all mine live wherever so we saw them maybe once a year okay mm -hmm. it was kind of cool because going back there for cookouts in the summertime it was instead of brats on the weber grill it was uh, lobsters my, my mom's sister married a lobsterman and he would show up with two bushels of lobsters from his boat yes so. please god yeah <laughs> it was good, it was good why time. did we live here because there's no earthquakes okay yeah no, there's no there's crocodiles no crocodiles yeah no hurricanes no hurricanes we're That's, safe here or safe. yeah <laughs> yes uh, the upper midwest yeah whipping shitties so then when did you make it to minnesota um we so he was uh we, we were living in Boston, and he was going to be transferred to Minneapolis for another menswear store, Justers, which is no longer here, but it was the store that we came here for. And I remember the night I was sitting um, with my mom, and she got the call from my dad. He was at the airport, and he's coming back. He had he'd gone out to Minnesota to talk to the people and get ready for the job, and you know we didn't know like exactly when we were moving or what type of home that you know we were going to go into. We had this home we had he had just designed and built in Boston too. We had a brand new house, and we were kind of excited about that my sisters thought it was a cool house because he had built an area for stables and they were into horseback riding and all that so he calls and i heard all i heard my mom on the other line said was you did what and so the story was and remember this is like the early 70s so they're at an airport bar and he meets this guy who's being transferred from minnesota to boston and after a few martinis these guys decided they should just swap houses and and that's how they that's how we got the house here in Minnesota and he got the house my dad
built in Boston. So no realtor, nothing. They just met over a house drinks. swap. Yeah. My mom was like, you did what? And so she had never seen where we were living or anything and beautiful, you know, faith and love in that marriage. So. Do you know the addresses of those two houses that he built? Because I would love to look them up and see what they're worth now versus the one he has now. And they calculate his net gain or loss. Yeah. One Devonshire Drive in Oak Brook and wow. 29 Stonecleave Road in Boxford, Massachusetts. So how it, in the world did I remember it? Random. Have you things. thought of that? Those addresses at all? Nope, See, this isn't isn't this badass? So okay, this but is so cool. It's not Crazy. like you were slumming it because is this when you moved into Sunny Slope? Yeah, yeah, but we didn't. Again, the, the whole like I didn't know what he died yeah. meant, and it was like, oh, you live in he died. Well, I we just showed up here, man. That, my dad <laughs> just came from Boston, eh? Yeah. Wow. And do those two ever? Do they keep in touch? The house swappers? I don't think so. That'd be um, interesting. Their last name was Huffsmith, strangely. Oh, really? Yeah, not Huffman, but yeah. close. Still close, I like yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. I should probably look him up. That'd be super fun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember us? That's crazy. That We actually had somebody, um, it's funny, when we just asked these random questions, somebody was, uh, uh, they remembered their middle, or their like, elementary, elementary school, school fight, fight song. song. From like forty some years ago, and they were like, oh. "I have no idea how that just." They came just started to me. thinking thinking of it. Yeah, yeah. The yes. strangest things happen. You guys just bring it out of people. I'm telling you. It's All right. Like, what memory needs to be released? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some hippie shit for you right there. Deep tissue. You know, yeah. Brain yeah. Massage. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting I'm getting adjusted later from a chiropractor. I don't know why that just came to me because so deep jealous. tissue. Blah blah blah. Um, okay. So, what age are we when we get to Minnesota? We are nine years old. Nine yeah. years old. So that's 1970. Yeah. Ten. Did you go to Concord? I started half the year. I went to Wooddale. School, oh, yeah. Before it got torn down. No longer there. Yep. Yeah. How did you know Wooddale was torn down? Because it used to be across from St. Stephen's Church. You weren't yeah. alive when that was torn Kitty down. Kitty Corner. Um, yeah, I probably... I just remember where it was. Okay, moving on. Yeah. So finished out the, my fourth grade year there, and then we went to Our Lady of Grace Church, and so then it, uh, my parents enrolled me at the grade school there. Um, were you a little shithead, or were you a good kid, or were you a suck-up, a tattletale? So I went to Our Lady of Grace, and that's where I you had to wear uniforms. Mm -hmm. OLG. So I was compelled to wear these uniform pants, which were... I didn't like them. Mm -hmm. I didn't think they were cool. And so I kept a pair of really tight. They were blue pants and a light blue shirt. And the blue pants that my mom wanted me to wear were these baggy things that I thought were not flattering or I don't know what I was thinking. So I kept the tight pair of jean type pants in my bag. And I'd go to school and I'd change them. And then that's amazing. And I so would remember to change them back when I would go home. home. And then one day I forgot and I got busted. So, so you were wearing skinny jeans? Yeah. It I was like. Maybe like joggers, skinny jeans before they were popular. Uh, well, the Do you have any pictures of these? Oh, yeah. I'd have to look. There's probably pictures. But yeah, I, I mean, my mom was just like, we're big pants people. We're not wearing tight pants. <laughs> <laughs> There's big pants people? 
That's amazing. El- yeah, I don't know if it was an Elvis hope over uh-huh. the steel, but yeah, so. that's amazing. Yeah, and so that's where so like the whole Catholic thing, um, and I love OLG. It's a huge part of our family. My dad, you know, I mean, every major life event has happened in that church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so one of my best friends got married there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I w- I did the whole thing. I was like altar boy. I went into the boy choir there. Um, I the the guy who ran the choir and the music program and also all the religious classes was a real mentor to me and I named my oldest son after him so so it's just kind of a neat environment there but yeah just very like Catholic-y with all the garments that you're wearing mm-hmm. for you know altar boys and choirs and, and things like that mm-hmm. and, um, so it, it's, it's a neat little environment well, I went to, um, I grew up going to St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, which is not too far. Yeah. It would have been by Wooddale School. Yeah. But it's, uh, the two churches have a lot of similarities. It's like there's, like, this is the process. This is what we wear. I was a acolyte. Mm. You know where you light the candles? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't really attend church. Well. I did, actually did for a little bit. I went to the Salvation Army Church because then they fed us. You got lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they 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 had a tambourine and a drum that they passed around, and then as you're singing, like you know, some of the kids would be able to play the the drum. They they only let me play the drum for like half a song, and they took it away from me. <laughs> Free, because you're supposed to be like keep it in one. one doom, 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 doom. And were you like? Yeah, and I was like, I was like, boom, 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 to I was I was drumming to the the beat of the song. I wasn't keeping time. You weren't helping. I, I, we, we were rocking that bitch. <laughs> I think the spirit was moving through. Yes. yes. I like this. I like this. Holy spirit, yeah. unite. All right. <laughs> okay. So you went, OLG stops at eighth grade. Right. And then where did you go? Benilde St. Margaret's <gasps> High School. You were Benilde. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they had what, recently. What was, I'm going to move this. Thing. What's going on? Okay. Yeah. They had recently merged with St. Margaret's. What was, yeah. what, hold on. What, what was their mascot? The, the, red, the Knights? The Red Knights. The red. Fighting Red Knights. Yeah. Big hockey player, like, through grade school, too. Like, really? Did all the Dyna Hockey Peewees. What position? It's um, forward. Okay. Oh, look at you. What was oh. your number? Nine. Nine. Number nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what's your goal count? One season, I had 15 goals. Holy buckets. Yeah. Wow, I was that's small, really good. but I was fast. I was, I was say, but you were a speed little bastard. Yeah, I got in yeah. the corner, got the puck, and got out before somebody could whack me. So Okay. Uh, so you didn't like to be put into the boards? Didn't. Uh, no. Well, there's no hitting in. Well, there's no hitting in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was that. Yeah. But yeah. Like all the rules they have now. Yeah. Are because of <laughs> yeah. what happened. When I was <laughs> so. they, they have the stop signs on the back of the jerseys now. Yeah. So, so where did Benilde practice? Like, did you go to Braemar or like, where did you practice no, hockey? Um, on Highway 100, there is, God, what's it called? There's some um, ice arena that's kind of right behind Target now. Oh, in St. Louis Park. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that was like 5.45 a.m. practices before school. So, yeah. I know. Seeing everything's off 100. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a tour, Will. Is it by the AAA? Yeah. It's not far. This is a very this is a very geographical specific conversation. <laughs> it <is. laughs> it's really, yeah, like you're not far. Oh, you don't take 42. You take 77. Anywho. Moving okay. On. So you graduated from Benilde. Graduated from Benilde. Um, played hockey. Played hockey there and uh, Hold wanted, on. wanted. I played hockey 
the, almost all of grade school and high school. Um, we missed going to the state tournament by one game. Oh. Um, I did go to hockey camps in the summer. Uh, Is that to, 1A or 2A? Um, God, back then, I, it was probably 2. Okay. Yeah. I, I, we were like the Don Bosco conference, which I don't even know what that is anymore. Uh, Don Bosco, well, I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is anymore either. Yeah. But, I'm, yeah. but um, no, I had a couple summers where I went to Lou Nanny's um, hockey camp. Awesome, Nanny Esposito hockey camp. And That's so really cool. It was funny because I had just had lunch last week with Cindy Vadnez, mm-hmm. and we go, and we meet at Tavern Twenty Three, which is Lou's restaurant. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. He comes in and he sits in the booth right behind us. Nice. And Cindy is like talks to anybody, and she's like just a second, and she turns around, and she, hey Louie, what do you think? And they all of a sudden they strike up, and I'm thinking she knows this guy. She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't know. She is freaking fearless. Yeah. And so he gets up, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna take off, and I'm like, hey Lou, I know you. Like I went to school with your. Um, um, your daughter Michelle, she was a year younger than me at Our Lady of Grace because they went to that gym. Yeah. She goes, oh, yeah, I remember you. And I'm like, do you remember? Like, I went to your hockey camp. And he goes, you mean the one over in Richfield Ice Arena with the Esposito brothers? And I'm like, yeah. And I said, my sister had a huge crush on Phil Esposito. She drove me all the time <laughs> so she could look at Phil. And he goes, yeah, I just talked to Phil. He's doing the play-by-play in Tampa Bay. And like, these are hockey players from the freaking legends, freaking legends. Yeah. And this guy's still going around. He's what? She told me he was I had 84. I no freaking clue about this, right? Yeah. Lou? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lou. And he's yeah. just bopping around his place. So that was great. He's For on me, K-Fan it was fun. Because yeah. I have a picture of the, all the kids who went to the camp had the picture with all the things. And it's J.P. Parisi, Zach Parisi's dad. Yeah. Yep. Lou and the two Esposito brothers. Mm-hmm. And Lou was like, well, Tony's not with us, but Phil's still alive. And I was like, God, I have a picture of me as a child with these huge... Um, safety glasses because I wore glasses back then with a big rubber chunk like right in the middle of my nose and and here's Louis so yeah time that is it did you watch a lot of um, Slapshot oh yeah any hockey movie anything that came out that lived in my my house yeah with the tape I should just come in one day. Oh, put tape on there. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should do it for the golf tournament this year. That's amazing. Slap That's shot. a really cool story. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. So. That, that's a really cool story, man. Like, I, I mean, I, I knew a little bit of. I mean, I know you, but I don't know a ton about your past. Like, I knew your father was in, you know, haberdashery or in, in menswear, and yep. you know, but I didn't know you, you built two houses in this. I think you told me the house swapping story once, but yeah, I don't remember. It. And then you know, playing here. So, what type of a student were you? Like, were you a C, steep degrees type thing, or solid C? Solid C. Yeah. You had hockey to play. Yeah, yeah, I was not. Um, no, 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 just no. Okay. So what was our first job? My first job out of college was working at my dad's. We're still in high school. Oh, in high school. I mean, I know you, I I know you, I know you were working. Oh, hold on. Did you work at the Perkins that they tore down? Yeah. Any diner. Oh my gosh. Tell me, were you a server? Were you a cook? What'd Um, you do? No, I was a busboy actually. Okay. They wouldn't let me do that. And I know your story. Yeah, what was up? Where did that go? I don't know. That was the, kind of like a cool literally thing. in our Perkins, I don't know if this is every Perkins or if it was just the Sedina 50th in France Perkins, you would go in and there would be a wishing well of like little like toys, toys and, and treats and treats things. and giveaways and like so when you got to go to Perkins before you left, you could go to the wishing well and pick out one item. No idea what you're talking about. It was Yeah, epic. it was a deal. Yeah. I, I don't know if they did that because there was a huge wait always on Sundays and uh, yes. all the time. So maybe that also 
made the kids not crazy. Like it was the only place for breakfast growing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wasn't Hilltop there? No. No. Oh, my my apologies if you guys can see the pace I just got. (laughs) They're going to see it. Yeah. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Gosh, that wishing well. I haven't thought about that wishing well in years. Yeah. Probably like 30 years. Yeah, I know so many people who went through that place working there. Like, mm-hmm. even when I was in grade school, my sister worked there. And when I needed money, I would ride my bike up there, and I knew she had a hand, like a pocket full of yeah. tips and stuff. And so I'd, you know, scam like two. And that's months. like when they would have <laughs> smoke the smoking section on this side of the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it doesn't come over to this side because it's yep. like. Oh, Never. they didn't have a wall? They did, like a plexiglass. Yeah. 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 And they would like glue things to the wall. They wouldn't hang things to the wall. Okay. So Perkins. no one could take things. Did, did, but at, at our Perkins that I worked at, there was a, the break room was smoking. So, so imagine this table being the break room. Right there, three feet out was where the line started for cooking food. Gross. Mm. Cooking, smoking right in the Yummy. kitchen, basically. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Because the smoke knows not to go there. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now um, you're in high school. Yep. Where do you go to college? St. John's University. Because it's it's the why not? And that's where everybody goes. It's so the, did your sisters go to St. Ben's? Catholic pathway. No. Um, Catholic pathway. <laughs> oldest sister went to St. Mary's in Winona. Okay. Um, the next sister went to St. Bonaventure in New York, upstate New York. Um, my two younger sisters went to the U of M. Yeah, I was the only one who went to St. John's. And is that how you became such a big U of M fan, is through your sisters or just no, from? No, I, um, I had a wonderful time at St. John's University. Um, <laughs> so good. Tell me I was, more. I was invited not to come back. Oh, you were promoted to? Uh, uh, please yeah, don't come. Public. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can still go to church, but don't come here. So, yeah, and I transferred down to the U. Okay. Uh, my second. Okay. Catholic what the hell did you do to get asked out of the church? The, 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 it was this, more the like what I didn't do. Homework? Which was the clo- yeah, the curriculum. So How much should do that. work do you not have to do to not get asked back? Consistent poor grades, I'm sure. You so know. it was like a year? Um, it was halfway through my sophomore year. Freshman, so, so they they, t- they took your money for a year and a half. Oh yeah. Then they were like, "Get out of here." Yeah, you know, I look back that that cl- that campus, that environment up there, it's really special. Yeah. You know, and I didn't appreciate it at the time, mm. but mm-hmm. it's just it's just being a kid and being stupid and making dumb things. I I do regret it, but it you know, get, it put me on a path to something else. So right. Fine. All right. So now you're going to the U. Well, hold yep. on. Oh. I already know what type of a student he was in college, so I don't have to ask that. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you still working at Perkins, so. or what are you doing now? Well, I'm in college. Yeah. Are you working? So, no. No. So, I mean, remember, we always had the family business, right? Yep. So, that was the job. Okay. Whenever I came home from school, whenever, and when I transferred, for sure, my dad was like, you're living uh, under my roof. You're also still working. Oh, so you're working at the store, the clothing store. Right. So, I'm taking the bus down mm-hmm. to campus. Okay. And working when I'm not at school. So, so you are still working. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, now, we're at the U of M, Sky U Ma. Yep. Fighting gophers. Um, what are you going to college for? Like, what's your plan? How are you going to take over the world? So against my dad's best wishes, I wanted to get into um, retail. Okay. I loved every single thing about the store. I loved the environment. I loved the customers. I loved the, the whole idea of 
you know, bringing goods in for resale mm-hmm. and presenting them and making them cool. The displays. Yeah, and- all that. And this was like old school retail where it was like, you know, the older, there was two stores, adjusters uh, on the fifth on Fifth Street was a was a six level store, and that was the original store right Holy across from crap. right across from Murray's. There was another old hotel really? there before they built that that sort of salmon colored yep. thing that's there. Um, and so taking the elevator up, it was one of those old like hand elevators. Oh, you had to you, crank it, you had to yeah, crank to, the, to the level, yeah. And when I was when we first got there, there was an elevator operate. That was that guy's job, just to Ding. sit in the elevator. Which floor, please? Right. Um, so it was it was just kind of cool. But I loved it, and I really wanted that. So when I went to the U, I took a business degree major with a retail, they have a retail merchandising minor that was offered out of the College of Home Economics. So I had most of my business classes on the um, main campus, not West Bank, but East Bank. And then I would have to take the bus over to the um, St. Paul campus in the home ec school for the retail classes, like textiles and um, fabric construction and um, was that, design. Was, that, was like that, that a female-dominated class? or was it A hundred percent. Okay, yeah, yep. just based upon the name of it and yep. in, in the, in the time that you were going there, yep. like the years. Absolutely. And it was like me and another guy and I, yeah. So how was it? Uh, it was, I, I loved it. I mean, I wasn't, I was long, I was had a long distance relationship with somebody back up at St. John's. So that's not my jam. I wasn't really macking chicks at the class. That's kind of so, what I was asking. Yeah. So it wasn't for me, but, um, but the cool part was that some of the professors were, um, older, ex- re- uh, retired retail executives that my dad had known throughout, like guys who worked for Dayton's guys who worked for other large companies wow. here. So it was kind of neat to learn all the mechanics of like. How do you how do you present a budget like a retail math yeah. budget like you you have to be able to buy the new product but you got to clear the old product and mm-hmm. that creates the open to buy to be able to buy the product otherwise your inventory gets big blah 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 so yeah very cool cool well I just think back like how cool would it be now to have a six story <coughs> men's store I would or I a would clothing store I yeah. would love it yeah yeah or a six story women's clothing store with good products good things yeah yeah. yeah. We've lost that, I think, in Mm -hmm. retail, and I think we've lost a lot of... um, Clothes have have become a throwaway item, and back in the day, shoes weren't a throwaway item, sports coats, pants, like nothing was a throwaway culture item. It was you would have the... You take the shoes to a cobbler, you would take the pants and the the jacket to a tailor, and you would have them fixed, and and it it was... the, the, The quality was just so much better than the shit we get these days. I mean, don't get me wrong. I buy nicer stuff, and you pay a ton more for it. Sure. But the normal was high quality goods. Yeah, there wasn't any up. There was was nothing else because we weren't getting textiles in from other countries. And I'm not against like shipping stuff in or whatever, and products being made elsewhere. It was just a different time when the loom was here making the textiles, and then they would bring the product in, and yeah. God, yeah, you said it, man. That store was kind of a museum too, because it had been there since 1907 when the when the company was started by PB Juster and his father. Um, Juster, J U S T E R. T E R, yeah. Okay. And then they sold it to the suit manufacturing company. But um, when when the when the store moved in the mid or the late 70s to Nicolet Mall, which is mm, where all mm-hmm. the action was, um, this this five story or six story <laughs> store that not only had like levels of where you'd buy clothing the first door was like um shirts and ties and accessories and shoes and hats there was a whole hat department Mm. like a guy that was his job was to sell men's 
hats hats because that's what happened um and then the second floor was all suits and and sport coats and slacks um the third floor was administrative offices the fourth floor was a tailor shop full-on tailor shop Mm. with all the big steam presses and there was 70 people employed there 70 just sewing and doing stuff and then the top floor was what they called the penthouse which is all this young men's cool fashion hip stuff so crazy stuff but when they closed it there was handcrafted um tables that had like pineapples as legs and all this old oak Mm -hmm. leather furniture that they're like yeah we don't want that because the new store was all going to be like smoked plexiglass and brass because that and mauve it was was the 80s now the generational oh man so all that stuff like there was two guys who were like nobody wants this i'll take it and one guy started a an antique furniture store with most of that yeah and made a killing on it because oh, i would imagine so yeah got it for like a, bu- a dollar maybe it probably uh, still smelled of cigars and and uh yep. and bourbon yeah yeah <laughs> i'm serious yeah so yeah. just crazy so no i mean the quality thing you're right right and you i mean you have to look hard but you can mm-hmm. find it um a lot of the manufacturing is in in, in europe some mm-hmm. of the best still harris tweeds things like that those are that's in scotland that's in england um a lot of silks come from italy mm-hmm. um it, it's you know you gotta hunt for it but you can find it where do you like to shop i'm so once you live in a retail environment growing up, mm-hmm. it's really hard to pay full price for anything. Yep. So I am more of a like, because I know what I'm looking for. And I yep. know if I see it at a price that it shouldn't be at, like, ooh, that's a good deal. So I will, um, I'll kind of hunt around virtually anywhere. Yeah. You know? mm. Mostly um, the stores that are in Galleria, there's like a store called Jackson Gray. Yep. Which is good. Um, and they have one down on in North Loop now too. Yeah. Yep. Um, I I was a big fan of the foursome mm-hmm. when it was down in, in uh, Wayzata. Wayzata. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to the new location. Yeah, CJ out there is the man. Yeah, I know those guys because um, I used to sell them once I jumped over to the, the wholesale side and stuff. So they, they are carrying the torch. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear because I I think they carry a lot of great products. And actually, one of my favorite products is these Civilian Air jeans. Uh, they're made in Cal- like they're made in California. Yeah. <clears throat> so but it's Forsum doesn't sell that. They um, don't. Allen Edmonds. Allen Edmonds does. Yep. Yep. And Allen Edmonds is a is a shoe manufacturer in Wisconsin that, you know, makes a, a high quality shoe that I've had for Yeah, I've had these for 5 years now and I beat the heck out of them, but no, I love a good product, and I am not a bargain shopper. Yeah. I I'm just like three and four, and let's find what you like. What else do I need? And we just in I'll and out. One in every color. In and out. One hundred percent. In and out. So okay, so you graduate from the U of M. Yep. And your your degree was in. Uh, ultimately, business with a merchandising minor. Okay, yeah. and then you went into wholesaling. Yeah, I went. I I worked for my dad. Um, right out of college so i went i graduated from you know doing all the odd things yep and um and actually was a a buyer so for that store my categories were like shirts ties sportswear all the fun stuff yep socks underwear all that stuff so my sister had been doing that she got married and kind of had started to have kids and so bowed out of that and so my dad's like, if you want it, you know, you got to earn it. And he asked all of his executives to kind of make the decision. He didn't make the decision whether I could work there. He left it up to them. So, so help me understand the structure. So, did your father own the store, or was he just uh, the, the 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 head cheese? 
he didn't own it, so it's owned by the suit manufacturing company. Okay. Right? And then they install, like, um, presidents, vice presidents, merchandise mm-hmm. managers, all that, in each one of these small chains of men's stores. I wouldn't call oh. it small. I mean, it was seven stories and had hundreds of employees. Yeah. That's not small. That's No, that's but it's big... not like a hundred-store chain. It was, you know, ten stores. So. Still, that's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. All right, so we're out of college. Yep. Uh, did we ever get arrested in college? No. Did you ever have to run from the cops in college? No. What? No, I'm pretty milky. This, really is, this, is, this is boring. We're ending this. I year. know. We're, we're not. Cause we're not. More. We're not. We're going. All right, so we're college. We're working for the old man. Is that what we're doing for the rest of our life? Like, how are we feeling at this point? Yeah, I, I, I remember where I was sitting with one of the vendors that I was a friend of the family. They sold us some bunch, a bunch of stuff. And they're like, it's so cool to finally get to work with you. We work with your sister. And, you know, you guys are great. And, like, how do you love it? Do you love it? Do you love it? And I was like, um, yeah. I mean, it's something that I really wanted. And I was so excited to get it. And I got here. And I'm waiting for that big kaboom to happen uh... of, like, yay, you got this. Yep. Um, but I'd seen it done all my life, so by the time I got there, I was like, oh, this is how you do it. And, um, yeah, so... It, did you even learn, like, legit question, did you learn anything in college that you didn't already know or had a very basic understanding of that you could have just maybe worked for two or three, four years and been just as fine? Oh, was college necessary, is what you're asking. For Yeah, for what you went to go no, do. 100% no. Okay. Yeah. Good honest answer, I like that. So, and I say that as a father of three who and one about to go into college. Yeah, I'd, I'd be like, you know what? Why don't we wait? Yeah, see what you want to do. Take your time. Do that gap year or two. Yeah. <laughs> what? There's that term again. There's that gap year term. Gap year. Well, that's a that's a term, right? Yeah. I wouldn't know. I'm still on my gap year. Serving <laughs> <laughs> you well. I'm 24 some years in on a gap year, and I'm doing okay. Uh, okay, so we're we're working, and all of a sudden, we got the we got the thing we wanted, and it's not what we wanted. Right. What are we doing? Well, at that time, um, we got really close with the vendors that we were we work with at the store. Right. It's a family run store, and everybody knows my dad and my sister and me and all our family. And so this guy who had a brand new kind of cool product that we had brought in and it sold out faster than we could buy it these jackets made by a company called columbia sportswear oh yeah um get the hell out seriously with the zip in zip out yep nobody had seen it they're in neon colors and all this so this is the 80s yep okay and he can't get out of his own way he's doing so much business guy named dave ferry great guy and um I'm the king, sh- king. You can say shit. Shit, um, you know, with my office, and I'm wearing a suit every day. And he's like, "Hey, can I talk to you?" And I'm like, "Sure." And he's like, "Look, here's the deal. My my business is growing like crazy, um, and I need somebody. I need. I'm I'm expanding my team, and I'd love it if you would consider coming on." I'm like, "Well, what what does that mean? What do you?" You know, I don't even know what that means. He's like, "Well, I just need to travel with me. You know, carry my bags, like learn the business, and then you you know." be able to do that and I was like all I heard was carry my bags and I was like no no you don't understand like I don't carry bags for people like <laughs> but thank I mean it's a great offer I'm sure but thank I was just so smug and I said no and then like six months later um I realized what I had missed out on and I was like hey Dave uh could you still have that offer he's like well actually I filled that position but um we'll see so I was like dang it um, and then the business just kept growing. The company kept getting bigger. And uh, he finally called me and he's like, 
now it's me who's not deciding if I want you. And he was joking, but yeah. Yeah. So I finally made it. I jumped over there and, and never looked back. And wholesale is, uh, you know, completely different than retail, right? So it's more like hold seasonal. on, hold on, hold on, hold the hell on for a freaking minute here. The creator of Columbia Outerwear, or whatever the hell it's called, Columbia, like we just know it as Columbia. Right. You knew him. Not the creator. Well, I did know him. So um, Tim Boyle, the Boyle family, that old lady on all the ads, Mother Gert Boyle. Yeah. Real person, real family. I was I was going to ask you that. Yeah, great story, right? Um, she and her husband emigrate from, or escape Nazi Germany to come to the U.S. Um, she and her husband take over this business that her parents started on the shores of the Columbia River. Um, all that her dad knew how to do was make fishing vests, because that's what he did in Germany. He was a big outdoorsman, mm-hmm. and he, he made outdoor clothing, fishing vests, and hats. They started that company. Well, parents retire, the um, Gert and her husband take over, um, and they just start you know, building the business, offering a few other things. And um, her husband has a heart attack and dies. She owes a bunch of money to the bank. The bank comes in and says, like, your business isn't worth anything. I mean, we'll give you this much for it, or you can just run it into the ground. And Gert looks at him and says, get out of my office. I'll run it into the ground. Suck it, Trebek. Right. Let's go. Get out of here. Yeah. Get okay. So That's so cool. At that time, Tim, her youngest son, is at college at the University of Oregon. She says, um, here's what's up. I need you to come help me. And so he quits school and he comes and he um, joins the company and they, they somehow created that system where you can zip in and zip out. The first one of those was a hunting jacket. It was a camo hunting jacket with a down liner that came in it. Uh, because when you're out hunting, whatever, I'm not a hunter, but mm-hmm. like temperature regulates, right? Yeah. It's cold in the morning. It's not yep, that. Absolutely. So, so then they, then they're like, wow. Okay. And they saw, they went to the, some ski show in Europe and they saw all these colors and they're like, you know, we could do that and we can make a jacket that looks like this, but with that deal. And they, they created the bugaboo jacket, which yes. is the first one uh, with the fleece. <laughs> And it just, ba-boom, exploded. And so Dave Ferry was a buddy of Tim's. They fly fish together. And and when Tim was growing the company, he's like, hey, Dave, I don't have a rep in the upper Midwest. Do you do you want to try to sell this stuff? And he was like, well, okay. And that's how it was. The bugaboo. I haven't thought about that probably since fourth grade. Yep. 1989. Wow. That's that was a crazy. hell of a story. It was like, it was whatever Crocs, you know, you could, all of a sudden... You yes. Turn around and not see Crocs. You didn't know they existed before. That's kind of what it was. Like you couldn't. You you the phone was ringing all the time to buy Columbia product. Yeah. So getting in there as a salesman and part of a sales team, it was a little not how life works, yep. but it was a great experience. And how long did you stay with Columbia? It's almost sixteen years. Wow. Yeah. When I started, uh, the the volume for that brand was ninety million. And when I left, it was... Is that was units, or are we talking... No, dollars. Volume, 90 million dollars. Volume, yeah. Dollars, wholesale dollars. And when I left, they had just cracked um, $1.4 Holy crap. Yeah. Wow, so that's wholesale? So yep. you can, what, triple, quadruple that? <laughs> double, retail, double it at least, Double it yeah. at least for retail? Yeah. Wow. Gert, good yeah, job. Yeah, she, she just passed. Gert. Yeah. 
her her thing she was such a, a card when she would come to the twin cities um i a couple times i was able to take her out she'd go on media tours and go to radio stations and you know newspapers and give interviews and stuff so you'd get to know her driving her around yeah town and you'd hear the same thing but it was always that consistent story of like you are in charge of your own destiny you are the mm. one that's responsible and you know she was a hard worker and she life dealt her a, a hand and she turned it around and her whole thing was you know early to bed early to rise work like hell and advertise that was her thing oh my God. early to bed early to rise work like hell and advertise that's amazing i might get yeah. that tattooed somewhere like that's that's so cool wow <clears throat> okay that's amazing i love that so okay after your columbia well i just want to ask here at this point you when are your first two kids come into play right around that time okay yeah. when you started at columbia or left? Uh, I was working for my dad um, when I met um, Leslie, and it was she was like, "Hey, it's a friend of you know your sisters, and it's it's they know this girl who's moving up from Iowa. She got out of school. We should get you guys together." And okay, cool. And then it worked. We got married, and um, so yeah. So Carter was born like right when I was still with my dad, and about two years before I left to go to Columbia. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Just hearing the timing. Yeah. It's really quite cool. Now, how long did your dad have the store? Well. Or did he, he retire from there? Yeah, he retired um, at 64. Okay. So. So the clothing industry had, when it was back then, it treated him pretty well. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, great. That's no, a great it story. it wasn't showing it. signs of, like, you know, <clears throat> atrophy or anything at that point. Okay. So he got out at a good time. Very cool. So we're we're working for Columbia. We get married. We're having some kids. And are you any dying at that point, or where are you living? <clears throat> we bought our first house. Um, we lived over um, after we got married. We were renting over on, off of Thirty Fourth Street and um, Crosstown, sixty two, kind of by the airport, like right where you. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We rented there, and then our first house we bought was Fifty um, Eighth and Park Avenue in yeah. South Minneapolis. Um, near that listing that we had on Columbus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of right by there. Right in that neighborhood. Yeah. So stayed yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, stayed there for 11 years. Did all the first-time homebuyer things, you know, tear up carpet, do the floors, <laughs> paint everything. That's a nightmare. Yeah. That's not yeah, it was a good little house, but yeah, yeah a good starter house. That's awesome. So we, you know, I'm not saying we're fast forwarding here, but, you yeah. know, we kind of go forward. And let's bring it more towards... You know, the last couple of years, because uh, we could spend a lot of time. I well, I know you. You could tell stories for hours, and they're great stories. Let's hear a little bit more about you, as much as you want to share about the last couple of years of your life, and kind of maybe how we got here. Yeah. So, um, married twice, and um, there's a lot in there. Um, you know that, <laughs> <laughs> that we, there's a little in there. Yeah, we're probably you know, a few episodes away from. Well, but you're having that PTSD podcast coming out, so there we go. That's right. Um, yeah. So just uh, I, I went uh, through a number of different brands after Columbia. So I stayed in the outdoor business, still in the, in the wholesale business, and um, ultimately made the jump over to the natural food industry when I was um, kind of bored and just wasn't sure where I wanted to go. So mm-hmm. um, I've been, I had been working 
taking for, you know, with vitamins and supplements that aligned with my lifestyle. And I, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, I was adjacent to a realtor that I was married to. And I always was like, you know, this looks like something that would be great. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have to get on planes and trains and All the rental cars and hotels. And um, that was like shut down. So that wasn't an option because uh, somebody needed to get the paycheck and the benefits and all that. Mm. So, um, and yeah. that would be you. And that would be me. <laughs> so ultimately that, um, yeah. And then that marriage ended and I found myself at a crossroads of like, okay, what am I going to do? So mm-hmm. um, I've always wanted to do this. I went and took myself through licensing, got that taken care of. Um, and I was going to go with the arms wide guy and... Um, I was telling a friend of mine who is also a Remax agent, a results agent, what was going. And he's like, oh, no, you're not mm-hmm. doing that. There's no way. I, as your friend, I honestly cannot in good conscience let you do that. So he got me hooked up with Cindy and I'm here at results. And he and I were going to partner up and, you know, rule the world. Mm-hmm. And so solo agent, but doing it forever. And it was great and exciting for me to finally, you know, do the thing. But I realized I was more of a... Um, not getting what I needed or wanted. Yeah, he'd been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. Doing a, doing a good business, loving his life, doing it great. Yeah. And here you are, starry-eyed and ready to, like, literally, this is this is your new take the world by the horns type thing. Yeah. I mean, the big wake-up for me was when the marriage fell apart. It was like, wow. I, you know, the old, I would never thought I'd be here at yep. this mm-hmm. point in my life. Mm-hmm. And... You can say, well, that sucks. Here's life dealt me this thing and this is happening to me. Or you can be like, what do I do with this opportunity? What, how I can craft anything I want. There isn't anybody guiding me or telling me I can't do it anymore. So what do you want to do? So that's really why I moved into this and, and wanted to craft this life for myself, you know, because I've never, my dad really, he, he did retire, but he never really retired because he, he retired from the clothing business and immediately started a consulting business, which he had all the way till when he passed away at 93. So he was active all the time working. And so the notion of retiring and going to a beach and reading but it just is not in my blood it's not in your dna no so yeah. i i was like what can i do for as long as i want to do it mm-hmm. in any manner that i want to do it mm. and it's it and it, it came it brought me back to real estate so that's Cause, how i cause, got because all we do is open doors that's not all <laughs> that's not all we do and so with with um, you know my first initial blush it was great but I was hungry for more I knew I wanted some structure and accountability and you know uh, an environment that you know was a I need to get to that place mm-hmm. I feed off being around people and a team uh, and other people and I will contribute but I will also you know take not take but just get consume 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 that that environment i needed that right i was finding myself going to the the office that we had um by myself just to be in a space where there was people and i'd sit there at the eden office and i'd be like okay i'm a realtor now (laughs) (laughs) when's it all gonna start it just comes flowing in (laughs) yeah and it wasn't that way so uh so yeah luckily i landed here i love it yeah um I love it. I'm. We love you, like very much. So you're you're absolutely a part of this crew. Um, you know, people say the word family, and I don't know. I don't know if I want to say the word family, but I mean, we're like, we're more of like a gang. Like, I know for a fact I piss people off here, 
but it's all good because I can piss John off and then I'm like I could be like hey I'm downstairs in the back alley somebody's trying to beat me up and John's gonna grab Evie and they're gonna be like freaking Will I hate him but and then they just come down and and, and help me beat somebody up in a dark alley type thing you know and then we'll come upstairs and have a beer or something well I think like we've tried to move away actually from the word family because it's like sometimes families are dysfunctional so it's like I don't want to bring in like dysfunctional energy. Who told you that? Somebody there was somebody we we're talking to. We were, Vanessa, yeah, yeah, more than right. likely. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, it's really it is that more of that team mentality where like it sounds corny, but it's like yeah, together everyone achieves more. Yeah, but it is true. In a team, a team wins or loses together. Yeah, not one. Per, if 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 you're on a team, you either all win that game or you all lose that game. Yep, there's there, there's no other way around it, and that is truly how I think we. I know how I feel on this. Yeah, if you're not winning and you're not winning, uh, but I'm winning, I'm not winning. You know, yeah. so yeah. The, the tragedy, you know, you talk about Gopher football and how did you become such a big fan? So, um, a it's a it's been like the sad be a sad fan because they haven't been winning for a long time mm-hmm. they got a new coach uh, about six years ago pj fleck mm-hmm. okay he's very polarized row the boat people either are get him or they don't um there's somebody else i know like that um and he he wrote a boat he he wrote a book about that phrase row the boat, row the boat yep. and everyone's like oh row the boat this guy i love it the boat sinks the story of that mm-hmm. is is very different from what other people take from that. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a child that, that um, did not make it past childbirth, hmm. born quickly and then passed away. And he decided he was going to live his life for that child. So he was going to keep rowing in his boat no matter what life threw mm. at him. And he's, he's got metaphors of like your back is where to where you're going when you're rowing a boat, not canoeing or paddling. Mm-hmm. When you're rowing, you you're physically can't see where you're going. So you're trusting mm-hmm. where you're going. So there's a lot of things in his philosophy that I took to heart in terms of like you know motivating and, and how am I going to live my life you know this is great I love this concept and then he takes it further into the team and he's got all these acronyms for how he coaches um, his responsibility he sees isn't just to make good football players he's like I'm taking young men and making them into adults so yeah. he has like date night yeah. to show them etiquette how to treat women things Seriously. like that so it's huge but we talk about family, and you, you had an acronym for team. Mm-hmm. Together, everybody achieves more. more. He has one for family. The letters there mean, forget about me, I love you. Hmm. Mm. And, and I love that, because mm-hmm. I think that is the essence of, of any group of people that you are with together, oftentimes, you know, mm-hmm. a family. And yeah, it's dysfunctional for sure, and you can fight, <laughs> but in the end, there's something that bonds you. Yeah, I do love that. Forget about me, I love you. And what is it about like sports, like coaches, like when you think about the, the really, good ones, the great ones, the great coaches yeah. are able to like, there's something that they're able to do within the team members, like the teammates where they get them to believe, you know, they get them to believe in themselves. They get to, be, they get them to believe, you know, it's even just how like the Vikings this year, Yeah, they actually, sh- yes. Okay. We can go into this. They, they believed they were overachievers to the max, but they believed that they could win. Yeah. And somehow they freaking did. Like they should not have gotten where they were because, <laughs> but because of the, but, but you're right. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to go ahead. No, you're, you're on a All roll. we need is five touchdowns. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? You're like the mentality and the mindset to say something like that, where you're down by 30 some points yep. and you're getting your ass whooped. And you just walk in there. Hey, babe, all we need is five touchdowns. Yeah. There's That's just it. something about like. Get one. 
I'm but not get a another? huge like sports fanatic, but I do love sports. With the good coaches, yeah. And you can tell teams that are are uh, knit together with good coaching and good mm-hmm. mentoring versus like the Vikings this year versus the Vikings last year. Yeah. yeah. The team really didn't change. No. The players. Not really. They really didn't change, but the team changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, I just think there's something that everyone can learn from sports. Like mm-hmm. when they come together as a team and actually work and play together. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about like, oh, he had a good game or like you had a good sale. It's no, everybody wins when everybody wins. I, I love yeah. the I love the fact that uh, to a fault maybe at times, but whatever, but Kirk Cousins, he'd be like, I could have done that better. Yeah. I could have done that better. I'm sorry I didn't get that to you. Um, he never once said, why the hell were you out of position? And I threw that perfectly. You catch that shit. Like that's never been his M.O., and it's it, it's it's just it's just to have him as a leader on that team. It is very inspiring to see how he does that. And some people think he's being a candy ass or a, 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 a you know whatever. Can I just comment on Kirk Cousins for a second? Yeah, I didn't like him for how long has he been I, here? Yep, uh, five six years. I didn't like him for the first two three years. I started to like him this year. Yeah, because it's like his leadership showed up differently mm-hmm. under this coaching staff. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you saw how he interacted with the previous coach mm-hmm. and yep. all that. But you guys, there's a metaphor like for at least from where I sit in the six months I've been here from a lot of what I'm being exposed to. Right. The mm-hmm. the coaches at Glover, the way that we look at things, mm-hmm. you know, the five touchdowns. Right. Mm-hmm. I've gotten the shit beat out of us from mm-hmm. wherever I'm on that phone. I'm getting the shit beat out of me, mm-hmm. but I'm picking up that call and doing one more. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it is it is translatable mm-hmm. and transferable. Yeah. To, yeah. to really anything, not just this business that we're in, but I'm amazed that you know there's there's enough of th- that environment here that you thrive in, and not everybody can. That's the yeah. other thing, right? And mm-hmm. the, the Fleck, Fleck will always say like, "I'm not for everybody." Like mm-hmm. you might be a five star kid out of high school, and every school wants you, and we'll talk to you. But guess what? You may not. I, I may not want you here, mm-hmm. and you may not want to be here, and that's okay. We're not yeah. going to get mm-hmm. you just because you're a good football player. You have to fit the culture. Yep. Yeah. Culture yep. ad. That's like awesome. That. Well, we could talk about this stuff for freaking days here. Man. All right. Uh, before I ask you the final questions here, um, if somebody has any buying or selling questions for real estate, if they're looking to have their home remodeled, a new toilet, anything done like that, you're a great person to contact. How would they get a hold of you? Uh, John at a good life group.com. J-O-H-N. J-O-H-N. What are those digits, son? 612-940-0383. Woo, roll the boat. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Okay, so we wrap up every uh, every podcast um, with tell us your top five favorite restaurants. Okay. I did do a little homework for this. Okay. So. All right. So let's go with number five. Like in descending or ascending? Any, any order is fine, but good question, but... I'd, I like your favorite for the last. Yeah, if you can, save your favorite oh, last. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So my – this is gross for some people, but it's just my jam. So I do have a, a guilty pleasure. I love these Chinese buffets, right? Like the Supermoon Buffet? Oh, God, yeah. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. What's your favorite one? Uh, actually, there's one on Lake Street that's oh, – You were talking about this What the is other it day. called? Fill in the blank. They're all the same. <laughs> They're like, you know. I think we need a team outing. Zoom. No, I wouldn't. See, the thing about the guilty thing is you can't really share that with people. Because <laughs> then you're like, isn't it great? And everyone's like, this is rubbish. Like, yeah. this is terrible. Is it? Is it more than $10? 
Right. Probably with inflation, yeah. It's probably right, like so 13 or Yeah, okay. Less. But yeah. it's one of those places that just a few years ago probably been like seven ninety five for lunch and nine ninety five for dinner. For sure. And like yeah. thirteen ninety five on What's your favorite night. thing out of the buffet? So I do this thing with the hot and sour soup and I mix it with the um Usually they have the sautéed green beans with garlic. Yes, Szechuan. Yeah, and uh, do that with um, some rice. Yeah, so I know it's weird, but anyway, that's that's low on the. Top. Okay, so that's five, number five. five. All right, number four. Number four would be um, the uh, Ka Luna, which is Ooh, over yes. in um, Uptown. Lind- yeah, on Lindale. Yeah, really unusual. What is it? It's Chef uh, Pan Asian, yeah. It's, uh, oh, it is. Thai. They just are winning all sorts of awards. And, uh, yeah, it's the what? most unusual menu, unique food, I think. But if it's Chef Anne, I will try it in the yeah. Twin Cities. Yeah, yeah. and Absolutely. the environment is—it's like, how did this get here? Didn't she just get um, nominated for a James Beard Midwest yes. Award? Yes. yes, on that restaurant. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and where it is and where it's located is it's great for that neighborhood, and I would only probably visit it in the summer because of the exterior patio okay. portion of it. So that's really cool. Number three. Number three would be um, the um, Del Frisco's. Oh, really? Really anywhere? Yep. I'm not a big steakhouse guy, but that is the only place where I've had memorable, like completely billion degree seared ribeyes yeah and it's a very simple menu of like sliced tomatoes and onions with blue cheese first of all a huge martini that is has ice (laughs) ice dripping off of it with olives sliced tomatoes onions with blue cheese that's a salad and then the seared ribeye and then they make these potatoes that are like potato chips that are tossed with sauteed onions i don't know how they do it separately or mix them together yeah um yeah. <laughs> so Will and I went to Del Frisco's for the very first time this year in New York City. And oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. we ordered oh, the shit. we ordered the tasting <laughs> menu. Oh yeah. And I don't think that's the way to go because yeah. we've heard too many good things about yeah. Del Frisco's. We did it wrong. But I, I think we just did it wrong. I, be, so it's it needs to be a repeat. You know, I normally don't give restaurants a repeat, but a couple people that have told me that it's really good. We just did it wrong. We did it wrong. I think we did it wrong. Yeah. Okay. Steakhouse. I mean, I'm not, again. I, I don't eat a lot of red meat, but if I do, I'm very p- p- particular about it. So, so you're like a ribeye guy. Bruce Chris Mor- Morton's. It's like those feel like yeah chains, but this I know that Delfers is a chain, but they do it pretty good. Well, I'll make you a ribeye. This I'll make I'll make a couple ribeyes. I got you. I, I'm pretty sure I can. I make the best steak I've ever had. I do, right? You make great steak. I think it's better on a gas grill. Better on the gas grill or in the pizza oven. Yeah, like you've been cooking it lately on the smoker. And I it's haven't just been, not as good. Well, it's still good. It's, it's just, just feedback. It's, it's not the same. I don't like feedback. Screw you. <laughs> Number two. Number two, um, this is sort of a hybrid, but my kids, uh, my daughter lives in Vallejo, California. And um, I thought I had had good, like, tacos and um, yeah so Casey's a high school um, social studies teacher in at Richmond High School and so they took us on a, a taco truck crawl through the neighborhood around the school and every truck that we went to he had either taught their kids or knew the family or whatever oh snap and good just stuff. oh my god the birria the oh. all of the you know 
That's my favorite. Yeah, carnitas, everything. Yep. So Have I know it's not fine dining, but man. No, no, no. They, it was. There's never something different about. But there's something different <clears throat> about California tacos. When we were uh, San Diego. Oh, um, like I will always remember this chorizo taco that we had. Yeah, we were going to San Diego. We're driving from LA to San Diego and we rented a convertible. Sarah got sunburned. And I'm like, well, I want some food. And I'm like Googling and I'm like, there's this taco place. And I'm like, how does this freaking place have 5,700 reviews? And it's like 4.9. There's nothing around in like here. It's a strip mall. It's in a freaking strip mall. Yeah. We go there. Um, like here we are almost nine years later. That's the reason we've had chorizo tacos now moving forward. And every yep. single time it's a disappointment compared to that taco. Except for one taco shop. I, well, not their chorizo ones. I love chorizo. Yes. Uh, you, uh, you talking about Animales? Crystal? Oh, that's okay. They have a- good chorizo. Animales tacos are really good, but they don't do a chorizo one. Yeah. They're, aren't they coming back? Aren't they doing something for a Super Bowl? Yeah. Yes, oh, I'm yeah. going to order it. Yeah, we are going to order that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, John, we're doing it. Yep. I need them boom, to Boom, 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 boom. The, the owner's John as well. All right. Number one. Number one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was lucky enough to uh, to eat at a, a place in California called the French Laundry. And it is Why like one Did, of the, Were you telling me about this or did somebody else? T- sorry. I continue. Uh, it um, it was in, and continues to be one of the top restaurants in the world. And so it was on a trip that uh, some friends of us took through the wine country. And we just um, we kind of were lucky enough to get a reservation there. And it's this 12 course menu. Everything that comes out is handcrafted with little you know, tweezers and all that other stuff. Somebody was talking about this when we were talking about Travail just recently. Yeah. Because they, they had, crazy, yeah. like, like, why does this exist? But I'm glad it does. Moment, yeah. You know, and um, just super cool. I'm looking it up right now. Hard to, <laughs> hard to replicate. Sarah's like, we're going to go to California just for this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where it's way out, you know, in wine country and it, there's no sign. It's just like a brown building. Yeah. You got to know like where you're going. And so, yeah, that is. Yeah, awesome. I do. I, I love to cook like the passions there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, living alone, I, I don't have an opportunity to cook up for a bunch. My 18 year old loves it, you know, kind of not a lot. But um, yeah, so I'm one of those guys where I do like to go out, but I'm like, I could have made that better at home. Yeah, it's so that annoying. Too, yeah, so. yeah. There's a few places where I, I just don't even try and make the dishes. But this, it's really hard for me to order a steak somewhere and, you know. Yeah. Okay, John, this was an, I loved this podcast because we've worked together now for six months, but like yeah. we just, every time you, there's just like something new that we learn. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why I love this podcast. Yep. Yeah. Um, if fun. people want to hear more from you, you're going to be starting a podcast. Yeah. And what is it going to be called? It's going to be called the PTSD podcast. That And those letters aren't what you think they stand for. They are people. Well, it, kind of. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. People thriving and surviving after divorce. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. Well, I, I'm excited for you to share what you've been going through and, 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 and where, you, where you're going, the journey you've been on, the journey you're going going to be going through. So that's that's super cool. Awesome. I'm excited. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. I super duper appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, and as always, we out. Deuces. Tune in each week for more in-depth conversations about life behind the highlight reel. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to make sure you never miss an episode. For today's show notes, head over to lbthr.com.